It's time for Fish Facts TV. Welcome to Fish Casting, the fishing podcast. I'm your host, Tanner of Fish Facts TV. And I am Captain Tim. Hey, guys. Uh, sorry we haven't been posting as much lately. Uh, we've just been real busy doing different stuff, but uh, we're trying. Um, you know, we're hoping to get two weeks in a row this week and next week. I'm going to try to post this uh, this weekend, um, and then hopefully we'll have one the following week. But I've been doing a ton of fishing and I know Tim's been doing some fishing, so we got a lot of stuff to talk about. And uh, yeah, I, I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Yeah, uh, as Tanner said, I'm sorry we haven't gotten anything out, and I'll take some of the blame for it. Had a family emergency this week, which pushed things back a bit. But um, Tanner did tell me right before this episode that we started recording that you've caught 50 striped bass in the past couple of weeks. Was that a 50 with a five? Is that five, what I heard? Five zero. And, you know, that might even oh. be a weak estimate. Um, I can't say for sure, but uh, we'll, we'll just get this started. So uh, as you guys, if you listened to the last episode, I have been chasing the striper. But, Tim, I hadn't caught any any yet by that point, had I, by the last time that we recorded? No, it was um, porgies and... Um... You were using some of those weird blood worms and all that nasty stuff. But yeah, I know, I know the stripers were on the list. Like that was a hitless fish and you were right on the cusp of it, but we're waiting to get that first one. I was right on the cusp. So I'll start at the very beginning. So I left Jacksonville, uh, visited my parents in the middle of August. Um, and we were going to do some night fishing for trout. So I bought these little Z-Man swim baits. They're called, I think they were two inch pogies or three inch pogies but they were a, a little boot tail swim bait. Um, and I'd thrown them under the seat of my car, not really thought much of it. And uh, I wanted to try a spot. I, I was just kind of observing Google maps in the area, kind of looking for areas that I thought looked, you know, maybe like areas where striper would congregate. So, you know, I'd looked around, hadn't really gotten anything. And uh, actually I was out jogging one morning. And I saw two stripers and I was jogging early. It was like 5.30 a.m. Um, on the edge of this little bridge, there's a little light. Um, and I could see two or three stripers. And I was like, okay. You know, I, I had a lot of work to do that day, but I was like, okay, it's 5.45. I can get out here for 10 or 15 minutes, just see if those are really stripers that I'm seeing or if it's something else. And if they are, you know, come back another day. So I go in, grab those little uh, Z-Man lures. So this is a little bit bigger. I actually have one, um, you know, just like this. This is not a Z-Man because I ran out of the Z-Mans. But, you know, basically this type of lure, I want to say this is a four inch. So they were the ones I was using originally were three inches. So a little bit smaller than that. Um, and I just had it on a quarter ounce jig head and just cast right under the bridge slow, steady retrieve. I think the first two actually hit it on the drop. Um, you know, cast it out, count to three, fish on. Cast it out, count to three, fish on. And they weren't huge fish, um, you know, probably 22 inches, but they are really good uh, fighting fish. So I, I probably caught five that first day, um, but it basically became a go-to spot um, and I looked around and tried to find, cause the, the thing about that area, 
it was basically a choke point. So the current comes under this bridge really, really strong. So I found another little bridge in the area that has a similar, uh, you know, choke point effect when it comes to the outgoing tide. And basically these, these little uh, peanut bunkers, or as they call them, or juvenile Manhattan are just getting pulled through by the current. And uh, I went to this other spot, not as many as the original spot, but still, you know, I probably caught a dozen in the second spot. Um, and I have caught, I did catch one on a topwater plug on a Zara spook, but the vast majority um, have been on these little, these little swim baits. And it is it, like some days are better than others. It definitely seems like a mid tide outgoing seems to be the best. If it's too low um, or if it's incoming, you know, I can really only fish one side of the bridge. So I, if I can't get around to the other side, so I can't really fish the outgoing. I mean, I think I could, but both of these bridges where it's set up for me to fish, it's much easier on the outgoing. So you know, right where that water is flushing those baits through. Um, and as the weeks have gone on, really these past two days, I went yesterday and I went today, the fish seem to be getting bigger. So I, I had one yesterday. I mean, I, I caught it. I grabbed the leader um, easily 35 plus inches, you know, Jeez. a good 10, 15 pound fish. I had another one this morning that um, I posted it on my Instagram it was a pretty good fish too. Not as big, probably, you know, 30. Um, so still a very good fish. You know, I think here the slot is 28 to 35. So would have been a keeper. The one I caught yesterday was either a high end keeper or an over slot. Um, but I, I ran out of baits yesterday morning. So I went to Dick's today. They didn't have those same Z-Man because the thing about the Z-Man is they're made out of a, a more resilient plastic. These things that I used today were a uh, normal plastic, like a typical soft plastic. And while they worked just as well, I went through almost a whole bag. You know, this morning, I think I caught nine this morning and like 30 minutes. I brought one jig out there, was basically hooked up constantly. Um, and then the last one, I tried to get it over the seawall. I think I might just start bringing my net. Uh, the, there is an area if you walk down the seawall where at low tide it is land. So it was a medium tide and the beach was exposed. So the biggest one I pulled up on there and got some pictures, but that last one I caught was probably 26 and I thought I could get it up over the seawall. And I think my leader was already getting a little frayed because I didn't even have any extra leader, which obviously, as we've explained before, was something I knew I shouldn't have done, but just because it's pretty close to my hotel. I'm just walking out there. I'm not bringing all my stuff. Um, it's very early in the morning and, you know, I kind of worked with what I have and I did pop, pop that one off. So I think tomorrow or Saturday, I'm not sure when the next time I go, I'm definitely going to upgrade to that 30 pound leader. Cause I think especially at night, they're not able to tell. Um, and then I don't know, I may bring my landing net out there too. It's just one of the beauties of this fishing is I have to bring so little with me besides maybe a bag of jigs and I just throw it right under there, slow retrieve. And it is, it's, I don't think I've ever had a fishery that was this easy and this fun, you know, where 
I mean, think about it. If you had a bridge that was, you know, within a mile of your house where you could go catch 10 snook on a lure without even really doing anything. So, you know, they're, they fight great. Um, you know, they, they've actually fight very similar, almost like a cross between a redfish and a snook. You know, the big ones run like crazy. The little ones still slash a lot on the surface. Occasionally you'll get a full jump, but um, all my searching for stripers, they were right under my nose. And it, it has been a very fun few weeks of fishing for these striped bass. And it, it sounds like it, you know, to, to have that resource right there. Like you said, you know, if I had a bridge right down the road where I could bust up a bunch of snook uh, rather easily. Yeah, I think I'd be going there before <laughs> work or, or in the evening. Um, it's funny you mentioned snook because I was thinking, you know, like just given the setup you were talking about, it sounds like they're kind of similar to snook, like either when the mullet are running. But in this case, it's the, the pogies that are running where they're just sitting there waiting to ambush baits as they get flushed through. Um, so I was kind of thinking, you know, it sounded like bridge snook fishing when, when there's bait running through. Now, the key difference, I think, in the fight of a striper and the fight of a snook is the striper do not go for the bridge. I caught this 12 to 15 pound striper and it hit two feet from a bridge and I had on 15 pound line with 20 pound leader and I caught it um, because it yeah. ran out into the open away from the bridge. That's something that I think a snook would probably never do. Yeah, I, I think you'd be uh, in pretty big trouble with the snook. He'd go right for that structure. And uh, I, I know what you mean by the Z-Man, that, that rubber. I've used a few of them. Um, don't use a whole lot of them down here. A buddy of mine gave me some a few years ago, and I, I think I still have some. But yeah, it's much more resilient. Um, I don't know what it is. It's stretchier. It doesn't rip up as much, but um, I did have pretty good success fishing bridges um, with those Z-Man. Um, they were the, the like the six inch shad. They didn't have the, the little tail on it, like your, the paddle tail, like the ones you, you've been using. But yeah, they're, they're definitely good baits. And um, I was wondering what kind of weather are you having up there? Is it cold? I, I know you're way up in the Northeast, so I'm just curious. Maybe it's, you know, seasonal related or, or what's what's the temperature like? Yeah, I think the bigger fish really started to come in this week. We had a pretty good cold snap this past weekend. Um, today was nice because it wasn't too windy because it is hard to cast because um, I'm fishing from a seawall. You're not allowed to fish on the bridge. So I'm basically parallel to the bridge casting, you know, right parallel. So if it is windy, um, it is pretty hard to get uh, those casts right. But, you know, some days it's rainy. Uh, but it's, it's typically 60s, uh, you know, it's gotten into the high 50s a couple times, um, you know, sometimes rainy, sometimes windy. It doesn't seem to have as much of effect on the tide. But if you can get like this week, it's been an outgoing early in the morning, like a pretty heavy outgoing. Um, like I said, I've still caught some on incoming, but the outgoing seems to be considerably better. Yeah, that I'm just so jealous, man. That is that is super cool that that you're able to get out and do that and so close. And did, ha, were you overlooking the bridges in the past? I know you've been doing a lot of fishing up there, and and this was just completely by surprise. You saw them there, and that's that's really how you stumbled upon these guys. Yeah, it, it really was. You know, I I've driven across this. It's a, it's not even really a bridge. It's like a small causeway, more like a neighborhood bridge. And it wasn't something that seemed to me 
Like I thought the water was too shallow around it. And, you know, I, I had a friend that told me that they were walking across the bridge and they thought they'd seen one, but yeah, it just didn't, it's, it was, it's a very small unassuming bridge. And so I kind of didn't think that it would make that much of a difference, but when you really look at it on a larger map, it really is a choke point um, where a large amount of water is flowing through. And I, I think it is, you know, probably nine or 10 feet deep coming off of like a flat. So, you know, on one side of the bridge, it's, you know, once you get 50 feet away from the bridge, it's a pretty shallow flat. Um, but then it kind of funnels through that bridge and then goes out into the main bay. And have you seen any other fishermen out there or has this been totally your secret little spot for now? Totally my secret little spot for now. I have seen a lot of cars coming by and that's one of the reasons why I've been trying to go really early in the morning. I don't really want to draw a lot of attention to myself. So usually, you know, if I fish five to five 30, there aren't that many cars um, driving by, you know, I went once like around six 37, but even by that point, there's a lot of people going to work. So um, that's kind of one of the drawbacks of it is I do have to get out there really early as to not draw too much, you know, the time I went at 6.30, people were honking at me and waving. And, you know, that's not really the, the vibe I'm looking for. No, I, I understand that. You want to you protect that little spot. Um, it sounds super productive and, you know, good for you for noticing it and, uh, you know, really, really getting out there and, and figuring it out. Now, I got one more question, and, and I think I know the answer to it um, because you mentioned I know you're, you're staying in a hotel right now. You're not planning on keeping any of these stripers, right? I know you said that there's a season and, you know, a size limit, but any, any chance you're going to keep one of these guys? Uh, I might, I have a friend um, that lives a couple miles away. So theoretically I could cook one up um, at his house, but I haven't yet. I know this weekend he's actually going out of town to the Florida state, uh, North Carolina game. So he's not in town. Um, you know, I kind of want to try one. Um, but then I've also been getting some trout, which I'm actually not going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about on our next episode, but, uh, I think I might be more inclined to eat the freshwater trout than the striper. You know, I've heard striper are okay, but you know, once you get a fish that big 29, 30 inches, I mean, it is nice because you only have to kill one for your meal, but these 11, 10 inch trout, I feel like might be a little bit more uh, desirable. Yeah, I've, I've never um, eaten striper, and, and I don't know if, you know, how they are as table fare. It's something, you know, very foreign to me down here. Um, but I, I would agree, as someone who loves uh, those tasty little trout, um, I'd probably stick with those guys. And, and I know you've been catching them, so uh, that sounds pretty good to me. All right, well, let's, uh, let's move on from my stripers. And uh, Tim, tell me, I heard you... Uh, been uh, loading up the bait well? Yeah. Um, you know, full disclosure, before I go into it, um, where, where I work, we uh, um, have the opportunity to go and collect some fish. And um, this, what, what I did last week, I went out on our work boat for two separate days in a fully um, permitted um, research um, and collection by the state. So um, when, when you hear me explain, you know, exactly what we did and how we did it and what we caught, you're going to be probably, uh, pretty blown away. But, um, uh, we set out to, to collect a couple thousand sardines. So, um, as we've talked about at length, you know, sardines, they, they move in and out, um, 
uh, this part of the world, um, depending on season, they start showing up when it's, you know, probably 70 degrees, the water gets around 70, they start showing up and then they move up the coast and there is a resident population that stays here in Tampa Bay. And then about this time of year, they start moving back down the coast and kind of filter out. And then we don't really have a whole lot of bait here in the Bay um, through the wintertime. So um, what everyone at my work, the senior leadership wanted some sardines for part of the collection that we have and um, did, did all the paperwork, went through all the proper channels, got licensed and um, permitted from the state. And uh, me and a couple of biologists headed out to Tampa Bay grass flats to get some of these sardines. So I know I mentioned we needed a few thousand of them. Um, when it was all said and done, um, it's really tough to estimate how many we got, but um, pretty much everyone is on the same page that so we got between eight and 10,000 sardines in two days. Um, and this was all by throwing an eight foot cast net. So uh, I did all the cast netting. Um, I was captaining the boat. I was chumming and cast netting while the biologists, their job was to uh, keep the bait alive in a big 250 gallon live well that we had on the back of the workboat. So you can imagine that, that's a lot of fish. Um, we ended up making three total trips out um, from our private boat ramp um, over to uh, the grass flats in Pinellas Point, which is um, on the south tip um, near Fort DeSoto of Pinellas County for those people that are familiar with the Tampa Bay region. Or if you're not, you can, you can Google Pinellas Point and on, on Google images or maps, you'll see great big giant grass flats down at the tip of Pinellas County. So that's where we were. And I did something I haven't done in a long time. Um, normally my go-to uh, chum concoction that I make for catching bait fish is comprised of three elements, um, oatmeal, jack mackerel, and menhaden oil. Well, just because of the scope of the uh, project that we were working on, I knew that I'd go through a ridiculous amount of oatmeal, enough to feed a stable of horses. I don't know how many cans of Jack mackerel and how many gallons of menhaden oil. So I, um, I was able to get uh, a couple 50 pound bags of Purina tropical fish food, which is a, a very uh, popular chum for um, sardines. I used to use it. Um, I've had success with it. I don't really think that it works any better than, than the, the concoction I just mentioned with the oatmeal, but we got a, a couple 50 pound bags of this. And um, when you have that much chum, you can be very liberal and just throw it out there and I'll be darned, the sardines showed up. Um, on, the, on the first day we made two trips out, uh, we averaged probably 3000 per load um, in the 250 gallon live well. And I made 41 casts with my eight foot cast net to get about 6,000 of them. And on the second day, we dialed it in even better where we got, you know, between three and 4,000. And I only made 11 casts with the cast net. So you can imagine just how full an eight foot quarter inch, you know, cast net was to bring up, you know, probably between 300 to 400 sardines every time I threw. So Pretty good days getting out on the water. Um, really enjoyed it. Uh, the bait is here right now. I don't know how much longer it's going to be here, but knowing all that with me going out last week, I know this weekend I'm going to load up on some bait and try to hammer some snapper and grouper in the bay. 
Nice, nice. So what kind of sardines are known? I know there's several uh, species of sardines that we have living in Florida. Do you know by any chance? Um, on the permit, the state called them false pilchards. They're just your standard, um, you know, white bait. I'm not great with fish ID on the little fish. Um, you know, they're either the, I, I think they're the Spanish sardines or scaled sardines. I, I, I get them confused. Um, these ones were pretty small. We wanted them small for what we're doing with these guys. Um, we wanted them between three and four inches and, and they were right in that range um, on the small side. I do have a trip plan for middle of November to go out and, and follow up and maybe get between 500 and a thousand more um, just to supplement these guys because they, they are a, a very small fish. They're a weak fish um, and their lifespan isn't that long. So what we're trying to do with these guys, we, we need a few thousand pretty much constantly. And uh, all these fish currently reside um, in holding tanks back at, at my main uh, work institution location. So pretty, uh, pretty cool. Happy to get out there. And uh, I'm still recovering from loading in all of those dang baits. Yeah, it sounds like definitely a unique type of fishing. And um, it sounds like you were very successful at it. So um, maybe not everybody's favorite type of fishing, but, you know, hey, you're uh, you're, you're doing your job and you're also getting out on the water. So hard to complain about that. No, it was, it was definitely a change in scenery and I've, I've never um, had to go out and net sardines as part of my job. So uh, I took some of the, the um, recreational practice that I've had with finding bait uh, pretty much hopefully every weekend um, for the past however many years and uh, put, it, put it to good use and we were very successful. All right. So what we're going to do today, um, we're going to talk about the fish of the week, and then I'm going to tell one more story that directly relates to the fish of the week that I was also catching. So the fish of the week this week is the yellow perch, Perca, oh, let me get to the last name, Perca Flav Flavescens. Uh, Tim, have you ever caught a yellow perch before? Um, I have. Uh, it was probably about 20 years ago or close to it. Um, I took a, a trip with my grandparents and my brother up to upstate New York on the St. Lawrence Seaway. Um, so as, as a, a young kid out there fishing off the dock and out of a rowboat, we caught buckets full of yellow perch. Um, they're a very tasty fish, a really cool looking fish. I think they look awesome. Um, and we had the best time, uh, we fried them up, um, as, as me and my brother, like I said, we were just two young kids and just catching one after the next, um, really good time, great memories. And, uh, that, that's really my only experience. I think we were up there for three or four days, uh, on the St. Lawrence, but I'll be darned. It seemed like there was an endless supply of yellow perch and, uh, you know, memories that I'll, I'll have forever. So. That's really my only yellow perch experience. Um, I know you've gotten into some. Um, how about you? Have you have you caught any besides you know your most recent trip? Um, so one question first: Did you eat them uh, whole or did you fillet them? They seem like uh, the majority that we were catching. It would have been would have been tough to fillet. Yeah, uh, we kind of did both. Um, I'm I'm trying to remember really what exactly we did. Um, I got to believe that, that we filleted most of them. Um, but I do remember that some, like you mentioned, you know, they're not, 
the biggest fish. So some of them, yeah, you, you head them and gut them and, and eat them whole. I remember doing that, but you know, we also caught a lot of panfish then too. So I don't really remember, like I said, it was, you know, heck that was actually 1998. So it's been a long time. I think I was 10 years old. So um, memory's a little fuzzy back then, but I remember catching them. And I, I think we caught one that was 12 inches and that was like the biggest perch anyone had ever seen. So, you know, it shows you how big they get, at least for us. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think they get that big. Um, they, they are native to most of the East coast of the U S but they tend to live in a little bit colder water. So we do not have them in Florida. I think they live as far West as the great lakes region. So there, there are pretty prominent fish throughout most of the U S um, I had actually only ever seen somebody catch one once. Um, it was actually the same guy when I used to live in New York. Um, the same guy I went with this week, he now lived on a lake. So we went in his lake. He's got a little John boat right in his backyard. Um, went out there. He has some kids, brought one of his kids with us. Um, we were just using a little tiny uh, jig with a little worm body um, under a bobber and just kind of bouncing it almost like we would a, um, a Cajun thunder. And we caught, like you said, a bucket full of them. You know, we probably caught 35. We weren't even, we would go watch a little football, go fish some more. Um, and I was actually luckily, lucky enough to pull out Mixed in with the, the perch, a couple bluegills, a pumpkin seed sunfish, which was new for me. Maybe we can focus on that in the future. Uh, a chain pickerel, a couple bluegills, and a pretty good-sized largemouth bass. So it was a fun, fun day of just, you know, pure freshwater fishing in a little pond. But because it was a pond in colder water... Uh, I had access to a lot of fish that I might not have access to uh, down in Florida. Yeah, that's pretty cool, you know, catching catching a few new species and everything like that. And, you know, pickerel, I, I think I've caught one of those, and that was in North Carolina. So that, that's a cool fish to catch, chain pickerel. So it sounds like a good day, a little football, a little boating, a little, uh, little fishing. Not bad, man. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and, uh, you know, catching stripers. And like I said, I'll, I'll save the trout for next time because this weekend I'm really going to try to dial in my trout fishing. So I don't want to be throwing around any recommendations until I'm really uh, a little bit more comfortable. But uh, yeah, other than that, that is our story. Um, Tim, we've already run a little long. I know you mentioned talking about surf fishing, but let's save that for next time. And so remember guys, like, and subscribe, leave us a nice review. Someone actually gave us a bad review. So I'm a little bit, you know, I apologize. Whatever mm -hmm. I said that offended you to give us a bad review, please don't do that. You know, give us a good review. And uh, Tim, you got any other uh, parting words? Yeah. Um, you mentioned, I wanted to talk surf fishing, um, had a, had a, a listener write to me on Instagram, ask me some questions about surf fishing. So I thought that we could talk about it here, um, you know, use the uh, best of both of our knowledges to help this gentleman out. I think he's traveling down to Florida in December. So uh, look forward to talking about that. And um, I'm going to be doing some freshwater trout fishing here in a couple of weeks. Just like you mentioned, you're going to be telling us about it. So maybe I'll learn a couple of tricks because I'm going up to North Carolina here in about two weeks. So um, hope everyone's excited for that. Diversify a little bit and get on some of those uh, freshwater trout.
Sounds good. We will, uh, we're looking forward to hopefully getting one out every week for the next couple of weeks, because we have so much to talk about. We've been doing so much fishing. So again, thanks everybody. And remember to like, and subscribe. We appreciate you listening. Thanks everyone.